She has to be stopped. I don't want my friends getting hurt. What is my exit plan? And ta-da! It's all fresh and new. It's small, and late nights will be noisy, but on the plus side, there's a bar downstairs. Nice, choice, nice. When you say fresh and new, you mean the paint on the walls, right? Because the rest of the furnishings look a lot like they were stolen from the same landfill the public schools used to dump their old desks and chairs. We did what we could with the budget we had. It'll be fine. A lot better than what Heidi and I will have in the States. Thank you. Yes, it is fine. Like a wine, this office is better with a little age. So all four of us will sit around two desks. And to the left, that's our meeting room there. That old dining table? It's only temporary. Those gigs we did last year paid very well. We're putting most of our budget into sending you two stateside and recruiting another field agent. Speaking of that, the first interviewee is due at three this afternoon. Things are a little crazy straight after Rocket. B is gone. Beatrice Likefield, born 1843 in Pudding Lane, Billingsgate. An inauspicious start to a long and tragedy-filled life. From where the Great Fire of London started, so started the life of a woman I came to care for deeply. I only wish I could have done more, met her sooner. She stowed away on a ship bound for Australia in 1858 as a crippled and broken teenager. She grew up a lot on that voyage, was ensorcelled by a demon trapped in a red crystal owned by a man who, by all accounts, was kind and generous. Beatrice did many terrible things in her long life out of fear, anger and hopelessness. But even when she had betrayed me to Shilpa, she did so in the hope that I would be victorious and that I could help her. Maybe I'm projecting my own desire to save people, but at the end, I know she was truly sorry for what she had done. I know this because she's gone. She released Aaron Flight's soul, the floriborist she bound, and took my guardial into the red crystal. I don't know if B is in there with her or if, in a final act of courage, she redeemed herself, joined the silver current that leads to the moon. I've got the crystal on the cheap ex-school desk in front of me as I record this. I sometimes think I see it pulse and I can hear a distant snarl. I don't know what to do with it. One part of me wants to seal it in lead and drop it in the deepest part of the ocean. But another part wants to keep it near for fear of my guardian escaping again. And B might be in there still. She might be pulled free. If I destroy the crystal, I don't know what will happen. Either my guardian will be forever destroyed and B set free, if she's in there, or my guardian will be forever set free and B destroyed. Ah, uh, well, what happened after Rocket? 
When we all recovered from the blast of energy B let loose, it was dead silent. No one moved or spoke. There were 23 strangers, the ex-possessed, picking themselves up off the floor, and three dogs, a Jack Russell and two Golden Retrievers. I recognised the cop we tried to exercise. He was the same one who drove me into the bush, and there was the other police officer, a federal police lawyer actually, who destroyed all my documents and records. This group of 23 were not all of my guardian. She was spread all over the country in positions high and low. When she'd realised that her hosts had somehow been, I don't know, what's the term, awoken? She realised her hosts were working against her. She pulled out of all of them and manifest her powers in one place. I hadn't expected that. My thought was to have many of these gatherings to trap her bit by bit. Large bits, but not all at once in any case. You do not want to see a demon in their true form. Frankly, I'm surprised I took it as well as I did. I suspect it is because I've been exposed to increasingly outlandish things that I've built up a bit of immunity. Or maybe dealing with supernatural shock is easier than other types for some reason. Well, the ex-possessed knew what had happened. They knew what Margardiel had made them do, and they were upset and apologetic. I'm quite proud of myself for pulling it together so well in the circumstances. I gave a quick speech about making amends and undoing the wrong that was done. You know what? It worked. Within days, the news started filling with stories of reconciliation and forgiveness. The Australian groups stirring up trouble, you know who they were. You saw it on the news, no doubt. Well, they backed off and started redirecting their patriotism to helping Australians rather than trying to harm non-Australians. It's not perfect, but it's beautiful nonetheless. Just yesterday, I was called up by the police lawyer who confirmed I was no longer a person of interest and my accounts were released by the ATO. Exit plan security is back. John and Tony are back. Tony is to take a more administrative role as account and brand manager so John can rest at night. Mary has stayed on. I think she's got a bit of taste for a more active role. Sasha... Ah, well, we were never going to be a thing, not really. I'm not set up to maintain a romantic relationship yet. Well, well, she's decided to go to the States and Heidi is going with her. They're starting up Exit Plan International. The Order? I had to give my credit card back and the book of the holy and most profane. They don't exactly like us, but they don't dislike us. There was a curt note delivered the other day thanking us and acknowledging our efforts in ridding the world of a demon and warning us against dabbling in arts we have no knowledge of. Now the excitement has passed, I think this will probably be my last journal for quite some time. It may not be the last podcast released under Exit Plan though. I'm making it standard policy to at the least record audio of just about everything. I've also started receiving other audio journals from people not even associated with Exit Plan. I don't know what I'm going to do with those. Some seem pretty tame, but there's at least one source that just seems, well, creative. It has music and singing and sops between a woman describing her mundane life and the same woman describing adventures with unicorns, fairies and dragons. So, you know, bye, look out for each other and be kind. She has to be stopped. 
I don't want my friends getting hurt. What is my exit plan? And that concludes the story of Exit Plan so far. I am foregoing the computer voice to present my personal thank yous to everyone involved in this project. It's taken me a bit over a year to get all of this done. So I want to say thank you to my wonderful voice actors. You did great work and it was kind of difficult because everyone was so remote. And this being my first audio drama, not necessarily as professionally presented as perhaps I would have liked. So thank you very much to David Kinsman as Tony, Mark Regan as John. I've got in there Tanya Regan briefly as Venus, Ivy Hughes as Kilp, Natalie Barron as Sasha, Carly Nichols as Mary, Ellen O'Connor as the first season Beatrice, and then Ham Cleveland, uh, also known from the as the archivist from the uh, White Vault. Did a wonderful job as Beatrice in Seasons 2 and 3. Mike Robinson as Margardiel slash the Possessed Police Officer. Pip Hughes as the occasional voice of Heidi and Rachel. Thank you very much to Nick Rummery as Heidi right at the end. She came in for the fantastic save after I'd forgotten to get that part cast. You did an excellent job and you helped me out right at the end there. If you haven't heard, I've written novels of this series. I like to think my novel writing is better than my audio drama production. So how about you check them out? They're on Amazon as ebook and as print versions. That's The series is called Exit Plan by Surrey Hughes. First book is This Is My Exit Plan. Book two is I Need an Exit Plan. And book three, What Is My Exit Plan? Thank you very much. There will be more exit plan, but after considerable delay, as I have to compose and perform a whole lot of music. Thank you, and goodbye.